This program is proudly supported by Kiama Community College. There's something for everyone, from nationally accredited career courses to seniors computing, languages and lifestyle programs. Welcome to KCR Features, where you can hear what the locals are up to. Welcome to Kiama Community Radio. I'm Greg Douglas. I'm speaking to my father, Bill Douglas, in relation to his national service and how it brought him down to the south coast. So I'd like to introduce Bill, and for the sake of this podcast, I'll call him Dad. So, Dad, why don't you take it away? Well, actually, we start back in the year of 1952 when I turned 19, And in those days, the National Service call-up was based on a lottery of when you were born. So I was born in August, but because I was studying accountancy, they wouldn't let me go with my birthday group. They made me wait until the first intake of the next year. So that was in the 6th of January, 1953, was when I was called up and reported for duty. Now, this is where the... The service begins and we all turn up at Holsworthy, which was a new military camp. And we were the first intake of 53. And three months we spent there in full-time training, which is a bit of a joke because I remember we were on sentry duty at the gate having to stop everybody coming and going. And we had a three oh three rifle, but we didn't have any bullets. Right? <laughs> you weren't allowed to have bullets. So it was all for show. You, it was all for show. And, you know, we all went along for the ride. But it was fun that it turned out because I was studying accountancy, I had to enrol with all the guys who were going through training at TAFE and technical colleges and so on. So I ended up with a bunch of bricklayers, carpenters, you know, all the trades that you could think of. And it was very interesting because I'd never met that kind of people before and it was fascinating to see the different types and how great they all were, you know, and so so natural. And it turned out that if you had any kind of sporting ability, like we had one golfer who used to play off par at Bexley Golf Course, and he was 18, mm. and that was pretty good because that was virtually professional level. And he went on to become a professional golfer afterwards. Right. And we had a boxer and we had a musician. Now, anybody with any skill like that was allowed to practice constantly during the three months we were in the camp because they did a scheme at the end of the period where they competed against each other before we went back to our various suburbs. Now, this was a fascinating time because, as I say, it was a new experience for all of us, Mm -hmm. and suddenly I discovered, say, the Salvation Army, which I'd never really had anything to do with, but they were always there. They always wanted to chat with people. They were the most wonderful people because they were volunteers. You know, they weren't being paid, and they always had a cup of coffee or tea for everybody, and... You know, we really enjoyed that. Shout out to the Salvos. They do a terrific job, don't they? And especially I remember with the with the bushfires recently. Yes. Always there. Always there. Yeah. And even uh, my, my son, Stephen, who is up in the Blue Mountains, 
they're always at every five yes. out of ten, the Salvation Army turn up. Yeah, so terrific. That was very impressive. So you, you finished at Holsworthy, is that no, right? No, no, we, we used to have 30 in the barracks and we had our showers and toilets next door. So it was, and washed out every now and then because you had to with a bunch of guys like right. that. We had many parades in that camp. That seems to be the main preoccupation of the army is to learn how to march. So ironically, we used to go for 10-mile marches on the road, the main road, the tar road. Yes. And it's amazing when you do that, you get into a rhythm where you don't even notice after a while that you're marching. You know, and it's, it's so relaxing, you get kind of mesmerised by it. <laughs> and, and it's really fun. Right. You know, and, and enjoyable. At any rate, we all ended up uh, passing out at the end of our three months graduation and we reported to our various regiments for the future for the next two years service mm-hmm. and mine happened to be at Cogra with the 18 like ACAC. Now that is another version of the Bofa gun which you often see on aircraft carriers like going pom 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 oh, up, yes. up and down. like And on the patrol boats as well they had and the, the Bofa. Patr- yeah. that, that's it. So that was our gun and so we had to learn this magic gun and all the egocentric things about it and so we did much, much training and pulling the gun apart because it was on wheels and you dragged it behind a truck. So wherever you went, you had to take your gun with you on this truck. And so we used to get a lot of training on how to unhook it and then spread the legs so the gun was ready to be fired. Right. Which rarely happened, I might add. So our first camp together, apart from all these regular visits, we went down to Jeroa. And we camped on the headland of Jeroa, and it was a most ex- amazing experience. What a beautiful place it was with this river coming out into the sea. So you're up sea. near where the club is? Well, no, the lower. We are down on the low slopes. Right. But that's where our camps were. And, in fact, ironically, next year we went to another one at Shell Harbour. Mm-hmm. We are up on the hill there. And I remember we had all our tents. Everybody was in the tent. There were no solid structures. And one night we had this terrific wind came up and a lot of the tents got blown over. Don't tell me, wind in Shell Harbour? Wind in Shell Harbour. So the solution was they thought, what can we do? So what we'll do, we'll appoint a picket, a wind picket, (laughs) and they can stand up there and let the camp know if there's (laughs) danger coming, even at night. So we never really got any warnings. Did you give him an unloaded gun as well? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I think he was asleep most of the time. Uh, but anyway, we had a, a lovely time down there. And I remember vividly one of our jobs was to defend Ulladulla. So we took our gun on its carrier and dragged it down to Ulladulla Harbour and we parked it on the wharf mm. and we had it all set up with the legs out ready to run, you know, uh, the, through the drill. Defend the shoot, nation. Defend the nation <laughs> and Ulladulla. Yes. And what they'd organised was for a Canberra bomber to come from Canberra and we would practise shooting him down. Right. Now, the trouble was, with our gun, we had manual control. You just turned a little wheel. So winding it like a crank. Uh, that's right. And so it was a very slow process and you had two lots. You had one to go up yep. and one to go sideways. So... We heard this plane coming, so we all set, and suddenly the camera bomb went zoom, and we nobody really saw it because it was so fast. 
<laughs> and it was a hopeless exercise, but typical military, you know, because what, what did they expect you to do with, with a super jet riding by? Anyway, I remember when we finished that exercise, we went up the hill uh, and we actually went into a bush there near Milton and the gun got off the back of the truck, <laughs> undid the connection to the trailer, and off it went into the bush. And so we had to then tear after this gun because, you know, you could be in big trouble. So we tore after the gun and it just stopped short of a cliff going down to the beach. So we were able to rescue it and tie it on again. Or close call. And then we got used to the idea of becoming the last truck to return to our base, wherever it was. Right. Because you always had a breakdown truck behind you. So we used to got the lurk that shot is stay at the back yeah. and then whenever you want to just stop at a pub on the way and have a drink <laughs> yeah. because the, the breakdown truck would catch up with you and they'd have a drink and then off we go, you know, maybe, maybe to Kiama yeah. or somewhere where we'd break down again and have another drink and so <laughs> it went on and on. And I remember too we had one of our <clears throat> yearly camps, we camped... Uh, near Berry, because that's not far from Shell Harbour and so on, and we were invited to a, a social night at Fox Ground. Right, Fox now, Ground, Fox yes. Ground, a lot of people probably know where that is, yeah. but here we were, all these city guys, dressed in their car keys, you know, pink cheeks and everything, and we drive into Fox Ground, and they've organised in the town hall a social for us. Nice. Which was, you know, most unusual because these were a bunch of yeah. guys that were easily impressed. Yeah. So it was very impressive that mm. they'd go to that trouble mm. and really enjoyed it. Great. But it became a uh, one of the romantic interludes, very few when you're in national service. But at the same time, nearby in Jeringong, my fiance, my future wife, came down to see me while we were in the camp, and I took her into a field at Jeringong and proposed marriage. And so we've just celebrated our 66th wedding anniversary, but that's where it all started in a field in Jeringong. That's my mum. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's Greg's mum. Mum. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, we went back to Sydney, of course, we had a lot of training there, and one of our <coughs> interesting trainings was at North Head. We were over there with live ammunition. Now, this is pretty rare, but we were on North Head, and we had a plane coming by trailing a... Oh, one of those a, drones. A drone. Yes. And we all lined up, very excited, everybody's excited, and what you do is you have to lay for the line, which is where it's travelling, you know, in a line, and elevation where the drone is. Mm. But the guy for elevation actually was on the plane, not the drone. Right. So That's the, a problem. When we shot the bullet of the, the, the shell, it actually went under the plane and the pilot, in panic, disconnected the drone. We never saw him again. Yeah. Off he went and got lost. <laughs> but they were one of the many things that uh, you experience as a soldier that you've never had any experience with. For instance... Part of our program was to learn how to throw a grenade. Right. Now, a grenade, if you'd never thrown one, they're pretty heavy, but the shot is to get rid of it from where you are. Don't have it where you are. No. And so the nervous ones quite often would drop it. 
So they'd have a sergeant there with you and he would make damn sure he got it and threw it out before it exploded. Right. Because it, it could kill you. Yes. Because you could see when you threw a grenade, the shrapnel comes through all the trees and you can see all the leaves dropping. Oh. And in addition, we also learnt how to shoot all kinds of guns. We had our three oh three rifles from the First World War and also we had... Uh, an Owen gun. Now, these are an Australian invention and they're a gun, a machine gun that's designed for you to drop in the mud and then pick it up and fire again because it was impervious to misfiring because it was designed brilliantly. So a heavy-duty one. Yeah. Well, it was light-duty but lightweight and perfectly designed to not worry about mud. Wow. And you could actually go through jungle and so on. Uh, We also fired... The, apart from our own guns, we also fired the Vickers machine gun. Oh, yes. Which is very interesting because it, it really fires at a very rapid rate. And, you, you know, you've got to have somebody on the belt feeding the bullets in. Mm. Of course, you go through them like, you know, hot potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we learnt all about weapons and how to use them and uh, how to use our BOFA properly. And then after our two years of service... We all left the army and went back to our ordinary lives in real life. And I resumed my accountancy studies and all my friends finished their technical college trainings. I had friends for life, carpenters, plumbers, brickies. All the right kind of friends. And and the sole accountant was me. (laughs) Doing their books. Yes. (laughs) So there was a story I remember you telling me about how... You used to leave camp for a day. Was that where was yes. that? Now that was at Jarrah actually, where uh, we were camped up on the hill, and I developed what was called khaki dermatitis because of the khaki uniforms you wore. I used to get a rash under the arm, so the doctor said, "Every day I want you to go into the surf right. and help this rash." And we had different guards on the gate. So I used to get a lot of resistance, so I decided I'd take a couple of mates, we'd get in a line and have a piece of wood. So that was the secret. As long as you had something in your hand, you could march past the guard. Right. So that's what we used to do, two or three of us. Like a smoke screen almost. That's right. And we're we're busy. We've got something to do. So we'd head down to the beach, have (laughs) a swim, and and then come back for our hard work (laughs) back at the camp. Did you bring back the timber? Uh, we probably did actually and used it again yeah. <laughs> next time. And so that was the three-year total span of my national service, which, wow. which I enjoyed immensely and, and I made lots of friends for life. Wow, that's terrific. And I, I really like the connections down south. I mean, we all live down here now in, in the Illawarra and down towards Shell Harbour and and having been around those areas like Kayama and Jaroa and Jerangong. And Fox Ground, they're yep. all familiar. And um, it's so good to have a bit of history. And, uh, and especially with you, my dad. Yes. Having uh, some national service and, and treading the dirt down there as well. And risking my life, I might add, because one of the things that quite often happened when we were firing line of shells, the shell would not fire. Oh, In other right. words, it was a misfire. Mm-hmm. You had to then elevate the gun vertically so somebody had to volunteer to grab the shell on its way out. But you never knew whether it was going to explode or what. So the trick was to get a volunteer. <laughs> but it didn't happen that very often. Right. But still, the kind of risk we took for our queen and country. Yes, you did well. I really want to thank you, my dear dad. Thanks, Bill. 
Okay, a pleasure. Thank you. Catch you later. For more KCR features, check out our catalogue of KCR podcasts at kcr.org.au. This program was proudly brought to you by Kiama Community College.